up, J Flow? Hey, what's up, everybody? It's J Flow, and I'm back with another podcast today. And today I have Chris Johnson with me today, host of Passion Pod, owner of Passion Pod Board Shop. Yeah, man, I do a whole bunch of things. The funny thing is, is uh, one of my best friends' names is J Flow. I was creeping through your followers <laughs> yeah, yeah. and looking at stuff, and I saw that, and he does like a bunch of paintings and stuff. Yeah, like I took that. him with me to Puerto Rico. We did a big mural together down there in uh, January. But he does a lot of the murals around Eau Claire. He's done more, a lot more art than I have. Oh wow, that's yeah. that's kind of crazy, you know, like having such a small area and then two people, you know, that call themselves J Flow. What's your actual name? His is Jaden Flores. Mine's so. Jake Flugquist. So, okay, everyone just took the yeah. J and the F L O. So, yeah, it works. Yeah. So, cool. how are you doing today, man? Dude, good. I was up. I mean, I wake up early every day lately, um, but I was painting all day at the big mural I've been working on underneath the River Prairie Bridge or by Woodman's in Altoona. Yep. Um, almost done with it. So I painted that pretty much all day long and then had just like kind of a chill afternoon before coming here. And I'm going to go to bed right after this, probably yep. go back to painting tomorrow. Cause it's kind of coming to the end. I have to get it finished pretty quick here. So I'm trying to hammer it out. That's awesome. And that mural is, it's a big, like blue crab looking thing. Kind of, yeah, that's just like I've one seen, of the characters. I've seen yeah. bits and pieces of it. So I haven't yeah. seen like what it actually looks like yet. So yeah, well, so it's it's the entire underpass of this bridge. So it's an angled bank, which really presented a lot of its own challenges because you can't normally you would use a projector for something big, and then you would kind of just trace it quick yep. so you can have all the dimensions you know accurate. But you can't do that because otherwise you'd have to climb up into the rafters, and it's thirty two feet tall and seventy eight feet wide. So you'd have to. It would just be a nightmare. So. Yeah. The- I mean, on an overpass, you got cars coming through and all that. So I just had to like use a grid system basically and then intentionally warp it. So that way the higher up stuff I had to paint larger because of where you stand for where you look at it. Oh, to get the perspective. Yeah. So it would still look normal because otherwise it would look small because it's so far away at that point by the top of it. But it's, it's like a whole underwater scene of like characters that I made up. So the the crab that I named Frank is like the biggest part. He's right in the yep. middle. Okay. Um, and he's surrounded by a whole bunch of other things. So I was on uh, the city of Altoona's podcast, the mayor and the city manager do that. And they asked me, what's the, you know, what's the name? And I was like, I don't know, Frank and friends, I guess. So <laughs> that's what it has become now. That's it, pretty they, cool. I have to figure out what the names, all the other little monsters is going to, are going to be friend one, friend two, friend three. I was thinking all F names like Ferdinand. And that'd Francis be cool. And, that, yeah, yeah. That'd be really cool. So you're an artist, podcaster, skater. Yeah. Where, what, what started first? Obviously probably art or skating, right? Skating. Yeah. Yeah. I've been skating since I'm 33. I was probably like 10. I don't want to say it was because of the first Tony Hawk video game. Um, cause I don't recall that that's what it was. I think it was like a neighbor who had a board, but realistically I would have started around the time that game came out and that everybody got a skateboard. Yeah. That, that was like oh, the yeah. second best selling video game across all platforms for that year, which is like obviously huge for something like skateboarding. That's like not related. It was just massive. Yeah. And so everybody got a board. Uh, and then I just kept skating. I didn't give up on skating like everybody else did. So I was like nine or 10, something like that. So I've been skating 23, four years, something around there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and I always wanted to open a shop. Like I, I used to hang out at this little skate shop that we had in Eau Claire called Underloud when I was pretty young, when I was like 14. Okay. I would take the city bus downtown to the skate shop instead of the school bus home. And then uh, we yeah. would just like street skate. Yeah. Just hang out, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so that was kind of like always what I wanted to do. 
Um, and then fast forward 10 years, I opened my shop when I was 23. It was April 11th, 2014. So over nine years ago now, I've been doing it a wow. long time. Yeah. Same. Are you, have you been in the same location the entire yeah. time with it? In yep. Eau Claire? Yeah. And the, the location's grown around <clears throat> me. I took it because it was cheap. It's on the Barso side of the river, if that means anything to anybody. Um, but it's by the volume one local store on Dewey street, which would be like an area, especially when I opened that there was re- really nothing there. It was behind that green tree Inn, which was like the horrible okay. like hotel downtown. Yep. And then since I opened my business, um, Ramones was built, you know, and they put in that nice ice cream shop and then they obviously gutted, uh, that hotel to make, um, the Oxbow. Yep. So now that's super fancy. And then Becca had opened <clears throat> reds behind me. Um, now that's Hive and hollow and dear prudence is up there. There's a whole bunch of businesses and stuff in our like little zone now. Yep. But yeah, I've been, I've been there the whole time. So what made you want to start a shop then? Like we obviously passion, like that's yeah. your, that's your whole, that, that's the name of the game with you. Right. So you were just that passionate about skating that you wanted to start a skate shop or you were like, I love skating so much and people don't have as much options as what they should for gear and for support through skating. Because you see, people see kids on skateboards, you know, they they think delinquents, you know, they're like, oh, they're just a bunch of little rats, you know, just roaming around. But that's not true a lot of the times, you know, sometimes some of the nicest people that I've met always have a skateboard with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the skateboard isn't, isn't what is causing that, right? It's group think of, um, usually boys trying to outdo each other. Yep. So it's not skateboarding. That same thing happens in a park with basketballs. The same thing happens with, that makes sense. Yeah. you know, kids that all go fishing together and see who wants to shotgun the beer the fastest when they're 14. I mean, it's like, whatever it's, yep. it's not skateboarding. And so that's, what's always frustrating for me. Cause you know, parents will say that, And really the only thing, the reason that happens is because you're dropping your kids off at a park with all these other people unsupervised. You wouldn't do that otherwise. So why are you doing that now? Like you wouldn't do that for basketball either. You'd go to the Y and you would be there. So if you're, if you're concerned of that, go to the skate park, bring a lawn chair and read a book or whatever. But if you're within earshot sitting at the skate park, I'm, I'm sure you'll see that the behavior is going to be much more acceptable because all of a sudden there's That's somebody awesome. there, you know, but people just don't think of it that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, going down to Underloud, it was just kind of like a second home. It was like a clubhouse kind of a thing. And I, I always enjoyed that. And then I was in sales from when I was like 16 on, I've kind of always done sales and I climbed up that kind of ladder a little bit. Um, my last couple jobs, I was the assistant manager of Hellsberg diamonds. And then I was an assistant manager for uh, Verizon and I was making a, a bunch of money and just kind of, it was just soul sucking. I knew that I was contributing to making the world worse. And that was kind of an issue for me. And then I had a bunch of like existential things happen. My parents got divorced. My dad had a heart transplant should have died, but you know, did. Oh wow. And then I had my first child and it was kind of like, and I got married. It it was like all these things that kind of made me have to rethink, well, if I died tomorrow, would I be happy about how I've spent my life? And the answer is kind of like, well, not really. You know, not that I was any greasier than any other Verizon salesperson, but that's just, the, it's a greasy job. Yeah. So it, it got me thinking of like, what legacy do I want to leave? I should start working on that. Um, and so we had been fundraising for new skate parks since I was little. Like I have a t-shirt that I printed when I was 15 at North that says, build us a park already that I designed and oh, printed wow. to raise money for the skate park. <clears throat> so I've been doing this my whole life. And we finally got our first uh, free little public park, one of the smallest parks in the state. It's ridiculous, um, called Lakeshore. It's by Lakeshore Elementary. And so me and some other guys threw a, a skate contest 
thinking there was going to be nobody there because at the time this was before Instagram or anything. So yep. it's kind of like you didn't have a shop, you didn't have a park. Social media wasn't in the same space at that point in time. It was hard to tell if there was a skate community at all. So we threw that contest and there was just a surprisingly large number of people that showed up. That's it awesome. was really dope. Yeah. And that was the last contest I skated and I got second in advance. So I'm stoked about That's that. That's pretty cool. That was the best man. I ever did in the contest and this is the last contest I skated. But, um, so I was just surprised by how many people were there and I talked to some of the other, um, older skateboarders and everybody was like, well, obviously there should be a shop now that there's like a, a park. It's kind of the next step. Yep. And I kind of just wanted to invest in it and try to help out with it. Cause I was, like I said, I was kind of going through a time of like, what do I really want to do? Like I'm making a lot of money and I'll make a lot more money in the short term, you know, whatever. And nobody else really wanted to follow through with it. And so I just, I don't know, thought about it a little bit more, uh, talked to my wife at the time, ex-wife now about it. And we kind of decided like, if I'm going to do it now was the time, Yeah, you know, my daughter wasn't even one yet. So it's like, if I'm going to put myself in a financial hole, I don't, I can't wait any longer. Like yeah. I kind of got to do it now if I'm going to do it at all. Yeah, you don't want like a 10 year old running around and yeah, we're more than one kid. And then you have to, that's true, you know, yeah. all the bills to cover for, you know, it, your bills only go up. Oh yeah. Over time. Yep. So it was kind of like, if I'm going to take a risk, this is, that was the appropriate time to take the risk. Well, it looks like it paid off pretty good. I think so. Yeah. And everything's built from it, you know, like my art, my show, it's passion is just kind of like the brand, but that's what allowed all of it to work in the first place. So if I didn't have my, if I didn't have my shop already, then when I started my show, nobody would have known who I was. So it wouldn't have given me much leverage with the radio station or with getting guests because they'd they'd say, well, who are you? And I'd tell them, well, there's no episodes even out yet. Yeah. Well, then why do I want to give you my time either? You know, which is a hard thing. I mean, a lot of times people start podcasts exclusively with like just their friends because there's, you got to create content somewhere. Yep. You got to start and get the ball rolling before you can start bringing people on and in. Right. But for me, thankfully, you know, since I already was an established person, you know, member of the downtown community as a business owner, it, it gave me leverage. So from the first episode ever, it premiered on the radio. It's just kind of always been on the radio. And so because the episodes were airing like that from the beginning, then all of a sudden I was having people hit me up all the time. Like, Hey, how do I get on? You know, cause it's not meant as a promotional tool, but it works that way. Yep. So business owners are, you know, how do I get an hour long commercial for free? On exactly. The radio? So yep. no, then yeah. People kept hitting me up and it, it kind of went from there, but it, it's all attached. And even with like the artwork stuff too, if I didn't have a platform from my show and from my shop, There'd be way less eyes on my art. Yep. So it, it, it all is kind of interconnected. It's all, yeah, coincided and connected yeah. and everything benefits from, you know, each other and stuff like that too. And right. I'm I'm seeing that as well with everything that I'm trying to push and move forward right now too. So yeah. just creating content, just being able to sit down and talk to somebody in a microphone, you know, across from the table for an hour. It's it's nice. Yeah. But I I mean I like it. I like podcasting a lot. So Yeah, yeah, it's fun. I, I mean it's a it's a unique it's a unique situation. I was talking to, I forget who I was talking to, but, um, I ended up becoming friends with a lot of my guests and yep. I, I explained to them like part of it is because if you think about it, how often do you really sit down for like an hour and have an in-depth conversation about oh, yeah. your life and your career with anybody like at all with anyone, you don't ever really do that. Your yep. family doesn't ask you questions like that because they don't have a, have a perspective or understanding. Most people wouldn't yep. ask in-depth questions like that. So you kind of just automatically have a certain kind of bond with, you know, the guests that you have. Yep. And it 
it's, I really like having conversations like that because most people never get to have them. And it's gotten to a point now that I can interview people that I'm a personal fan of, which oh, yeah. was like never the case before. It was, I was connected by this person who knew this person, you know, it, yep. was, it was, oh, I interview, interviewed you. I know, you know, these people, you know, can you, is there anybody else you think would be a good guest? And they'd yep. say, oh, this person who, you know, they, I had a lot of people with notoriety, but I didn't know who they were until someone told me them exactly like in yeah. that kind of format. So it's not like I was previously a fan. Yeah. And then I'd interview them. Well, I'd research it too, but I do the interview and I would really enjoy their stuff and then I would become a fan. Um, but it's finally to the point now where like the episode of mine that came out on Monday was with Michael Sieben, who is the editing manager of Thrasher. Awesome episode, by the way. Thank you very much. I'm super stoked on that one. I've been, he's worked for Thrasher for 20 years and he's in charge of, all the print, like uh, any word that's in there goes through him. And yep. uh, he's also a very accomplished illustrator with his own skateboard company and stuff. So I've just been a big fan. And he was one of the people that I just DM'd like, yo, I would love to interview you, you know, or I interviewed a Packers player not crazy long ago. And all I did was that's like cool. DM a handful of them like, yep. yo, can I come to Green Bay and do this? Or the episode that comes out this coming Monday, um, which will be after this, I imagine. I forget what the date is. But it comes out on Monday is um, with Sunreal, who was my fifth most streamed artist on Spotify last year. That's I'm like a huge. That's fan. crazy. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's... yeah. And he posted to his Instagram. I forget how long ago, maybe six months. Well, now probably longer than that ago. Uh, like announcing his first tour since before the pandemic. He hasn't toured in forever. He's from Vancouver. Okay. Um, and I saw St. Paul on the list, and I was like, oh shit! So I DM'd him. Yep. Like, Hey, I know you grew up skateboarding. I own a skateboard shop in this area. Here are some other people I've interviewed. I would love to interview you when you come through the area, if you can. And he got back to me like, yep, sure. That's really cool. Yeah, and we were able to just line it up. And that's because of, like, growing the show to where it's at and whatever. But it's, like, the fact that it's gotten to that point now where I can sit down and have those types of conversations, but then also with people that I really look up to. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's become something really special. And now it would be super hard to ever walk away from. You think, how long have you been podcasting then? Uh, coming up on four years. Okay. Yeah. What made you want to start it then? Just, just wanted to talk to people or did you just want more of a platform, more content to create? I mean, I was going through a, uh, like I was, so I was with my ex-wife for 15 years, but I was kind of at the end of my marriage where I knew that was kind of falling apart and I was trying to figure out what, like in general, what I wanted to do next. Like it was, it was clear that it was going to be a new chapter of life and my shop had turned five years old and I kind of felt that I had done what I set out to do with it. Not that I want it to be gone or whatever, it, but I just, I don't want to carry bikes and roller skates. I don't, so I don't want to make it a bigger store. I don't want to yep. like, you know, have a second store. It, it's just, I want it to stay what it is, which is like this cool clubhouse kind of space, but I needed something else to work on. And so a little while before I was on this podcast called locals only podcast, which was like a Minneapolis kind of base skateboarding show. They invited me on cause I own a shop. And I remember I, I went and I did that interview and I distinctly remember driving home from it. I think we recorded in Burnsville thinking like, man, that was fun, but I could do that so much better. Not yeah. to be like egotistical, but it just was like they, they very yeah. much were just drinking beer, like kicking it, like doing this thing, which is cool, you know, and they're rad. Like, shout out Mitch. He's the homie. But me coming from a business background, I was like, man, I really like that. I, I would like to give that experience to other people. And I know I could do it really well. And so that was in my like mind for a little while of I'd like to do that at some point. I'm not sure when I'll do it. 
And then, um, I would always run into the same problem of my friends would always tell me, Hey, I would, you know, I would wear passion merch, but I don't skate. So I don't want to be a poser. I would get that all the time, Yeah, which is, you know, especially as I get older, not, not many, most of my friends don't skate at this point. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, obviously I'm friends with everyone around the skate shop and everything. Oh yeah. My friends, my age, like they don't really skate. So I, I, I always ran into it like, well, you know, you would shop at Zoomies and you don't think anything of it. So I don't see what the problem is. Yeah. So my thought then was, well, I sponsor skaters already. What if I just did sponsorships for other people? And so I hit up Miles Boulevard because he had been honestly trying to get me to listen to his music forever at that point. And I just never got around to it. And I finally did and was very pleasantly surprised. I was like, damn, this kid's good. Awesome. You know? And um, so anyway, so I asked him, I was like, hey, what do you think about being sponsored by my shop and wearing passion like merch at shows and stuff? Just to kind of branch out the brand. Yeah. It's not exclusively skateboarding. Um, and he was stoked. He was like, yeah, dude, I would love to. Like he grew up skateboarding and stuff. Yep. Um, and so I told him like, cool, I don't really know you though. So we should hang out and talk about it. So he came over to my house and we ended up talking for like an hour and it was basically an interview, which was, you know, not the intent, but that's kind of what happened. And so, you know, it got the wheels turning in my brain and I told him, I'm like, dude, what do you think? I've been thinking about doing a show. What do you think about coming over in a week? And we record it with my laptop. I don't know if I would even use the content, but like, I kind of want to try it anyways. Yeah. Like, would you be down? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. So he came over, we did it. I have a picture of it and stuff, which is tight. Um, awesome. It was way better than I thought it was going to be. And then I hit up my friend, Sarah Morris, who owns Eau Claire Pet Care um, and had her come over. And I was a little bit more prepared going into that one. Yep. Still turned out way better than I thought. And then Mitch from Locals Only Podcast, so shout out again to him, randomly gifted me all of their podcasting equipment. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't crazy fancy, but still, I got the mixer board and the mics and everything. You got, you got the gear to get going. Yeah, he just, I told him I had just recorded these and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, um, you know, what to buy. And then he just hand delivered me his setup. He's like, yeah, we don't do it anymore. So here you go. That's cool. Yeah. So then I went back. I, re- I recorded eight more because I wanted to do a 10-episode season where each guest was from like a different industry to kind of show you this isn't about skateboarding. It's not about Eau Claire. It's, it's just about like, passion. Yeah, exactly. And that can come in kind of any form. And that was what sparked that idea talking with Miles Boulevard about music. I always thought this like excitement and passion was around skateboarding because that was the conversation I had with people all the time. But really, it, it the skateboarding was what I was passionate about in business and different things. Um, but you got that same spark from talking to somebody about music if they're passionate about it. Yep. So, so it was like, okay, I could get people from all kinds of different things. So we're not pigeonholed into, you know, one thing. Um, and then I went back and re-recorded the first two. So I had this 10 episode season and I, again, coming kind of from a, a business background was like, okay, well, what do I want to do with it? How do I want to put this out? Because marketing and all that going into a product is just as important as the product itself. Yep. So uh, I contacted the radio stations, and I'm kind of like glossing over a lot here, but still. Um, contacted the radio stations and was able to get in contact with Converge Radio, which is like the local independent station. Okay. Um, and I, Scott Morfitt was uh, in charge at the time. I sent him a few of the episodes. He listened, and he was like, yeah, this is great content for us. Let's do it. It's awesome. Yeah, and so then, like I said, we ended up, had this whole whole thing all done, ready to go, and then picked a date. This is when we're going to start airing them, and boom. And then it just kind of snowballed. That's wild. So it was on the radio before it was like on Spotify or anything yeah. like that? Wow, that's pretty cool. I mean, I kind of had it set up at the same time. So okay. I, I had them uploaded and everything through podcast.co is the hosting one I use. You can use Anchor. There's a million of them. But um, I already made sure 
I already had my ducks in a row as in like Apple podcast had already approved it and Spotify had already approved it. I just hadn't posted okay. or published to yep. it. And so still to this day, episodes premiere on the radio and they're a little bit different when they're on the radio, the guests pick three songs that we play, whatever they want. They okay. introduce them, which is kind of a cool little segment of the show. Yep. Can't do that on Spotify or Apple because we don't have music rights, obviously. Yeah. So yep. it premieres on converge. And then the day after I'll submit it and it'll go live on Apple and Spotify. So okay, it did cool. come out on the radio first, but by one day. Okay. Yeah. So what made you go? This is, this is kind of what I'm toying around with, with my show right now. What made you go with like having seasons rather than just like go and recording an episode and then uploading it the night of, or uploading it the next day or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, again, it comes from marketing and advertising for something. Right. So uh, do you want to turn into a business or is it exclusively something you just forever want to do for fun? I, I knowing like, because my job before, like I owned a skate shop for a long time, I recognize that I can make a business out of the things that I do for hobbies. So why do them as a hobby? If I know I can make a business out of it, you know, and I really don't have a lot of free time. My free time is, I, I just really don't have any honestly, but it's, it's because I'm always busy working, but everything I do for work are things that I would do for free as a hobby if they weren't my job. So, you know, painting all day long, painting yep. sneakers. Like I'm, I just finished up another pair of sneakers for somebody cause I do custom Nikes and stuff. Yeah. yeah I see like, that. I get paid to do it, but that's what I would happily do that otherwise. Like if I didn't, yeah. so I'm kind of always doing stuff. Um, but the seasons was like, a, I had to figure out what I wanted to do with this show. If I just put out a random episode from the beginning for one, who's going to listen to it. And two, what's the direction? Where do I want to go? Plus if you put them up kind of sporadically, it's really hard to get a listenership that is yep. consistent, you know, cause they don't know when the next one is. People want to know, Oh, Mondays, the show comes out, yep. or, you know, whatever. Absolutely. I also knew balancing as much as I balanced that coming out with episodes every single week was unrealistic you know, at that point in time yeah. and currently still I, I juggle too much to yep. realistically be able to do that. And I didn't want to be scrambling. So I don't, I don't put a limit like this was for this season was the longest break in between seasons. I think I've ever had It was like close to six months, five months or something. Oh wow. Yeah. It was, it was a while. Um, cause I got busy. I, you know, I was painting that huge mural yep. and I, Life the one I'm still working on. And then I went to Puerto Rico to paint this big mural. And then I had to, you know, I went out to Texas for interviews. I went out to New York to record and it, I want to be able to have the whole thing done and edited. So that way when the episode's coming out that week, I already have everything done that I need. I already have all my reels cut out that are sitting on my hard drive, you know, for TikToks and all that other yep. stuff. Like it's all, it's already there. All the commercials and stuff are already there. Plus then I can actually pitch to advertisers too. Like, Hey, I have this season. I'm looking for sponsors. There's 10 episodes. Here are all the guests that are on it. Here's their social numbers and whatever. This is what I can do for you for this dollar amount. And that funds it, right? It's hard for, how how do you pay for yourself to go out to LA for a week to record? Exactly. You got to make money somewhere, you know? And so by doing it the way that I do it makes that possible. So it just depends on what your goals are. Like if you want it to be something where you're always doing it just for fun with local people, you don't have to make money in which case you can kind of do it however you want, you know, but and, and that's not a bad thing. Um, but like I want mine to be really big and a really yep. significant part of my career. And since it's, it's financially dependent and it's, you know, a, a job in that kind of a way and I still love it, but I think of it a little bit differently in that way, then it's important to me to kind of push for these different, 
you know, accolades and different whatever things, yeah. you know, cause they, it does make a huge difference. Like I was just on Thrasher Well, I'm on Thrasher right now, but yesterday they posted, um, that episode on the front page of Thrasher magazine. That's awesome. Like biggest publication, the publication I care about the most. How did, how did it feel seeing that crazy seeing your face on yeah. the cover, like on the yeah. front page there it is weird it is really dope. Super, Real, super bet, dope. Man. Just, yeah. Oh. But it, you know, that happened because of all the hard work oh, yeah. leading up to it because I can yep. show them, Hey, I've already interviewed these hundred guests and these, you know, whatever to reach goals like that. They don't really just happen. You know what I mean? You kind of got to yep. put all this ground, like legwork into it for it to happen. Absolutely. And so I have a lot of goals beyond that, you know, and I, we're working towards them. Like I'll get there. That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, it's up to you on how, how, yep. what, how big of uh, your life you want this to be. Really. Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, this is, it's a business for you now. So did you always think from the get go that you were going to make a business out of it? Yeah. You did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I, so I did, um, again, in that, I, I had the 10 episode season. I gave myself a month to market and promote it after I was done with everything and I hadn't put it out. So during that month I did a lot of stuff and, um, I did an interview with volume one cause I pitched to them like, Hey, this is going to be coming out. And in that I had the little clip uh, or the little snippet, the, the cutout from the volume one hanging in my house. I said, uh, I think I said, my podcast is going to change the world. Pretty positive that I said that in print. And I did believe it, and I do believe That's it. That's awesome. And it, it's just, I, I'm, my parents, I was very fortunate that my parents always brought me up to believe that I could do anything that I've actually put my mind to. And so far in life, I've yet to fail at anything that I've absolutely put my mind to. Yeah. You know, fail in the short term, but succeed in the long term. There's not, there hasn't been anything that I've felt like I can't do that. I have to give up. Not going to say I'm going to run a thousand miles or like something physical, but yeah. in general, like yeah. I've thought that I would be good at it. And I thought that I could make it into something really cool. And it wasn't intentionally like if I wanted to do something specifically for money, it wouldn't be podcasting or a skate shop yeah. or art for that matter. I would be working for Verizon. You know what I mean? So it wasn't yeah. like a, oh, yeah. a financially like that wasn't the goal. Um, but I did want to make a business out of it simply because if I wanted to be a significant part of my life, it has to be a part of my career as well. I yep. just don't have enough free time to allocate to it. No one does, especially when you have kids and stuff. Yep. So you're on season 11 now. Yeah. Episode, I think it, it would be episode two that'll be coming out, what, next week? On Monday, so? yeah. On Monday? Yep. So how is it 10 episodes per season? Every single season has 10 episodes? I, it has been. Um, season 10 was 15. Just okay. I, I ended up having some extra ones kind of come as yep. they were. And I didn't want, I knew I wasn't going to, finish up a whole nother season. So I just kind of grouped them together. Yeah. But otherwise it's been 10 every yeah. other season. Okay. Cause like, cause I, I just started listening to your podcast. I'd say within the last two to three months, like I just, like I just sure. found, I found out about you after I had Bo on oh, cool. the, uh, Bo Buckmaster, the drone guy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then I saw he was doing work with this passion pod guy in this mural. And I'm like, Oh, that's super cool. So then I followed you oh, and cool. I started like, li- when I find a show that I like, like yeah. when I find a podcast that I like, I don't care how big the library is. I'm starting from the beginning. Like I want to know the, the origin story. Like I want to start from the beginning. Sure. So I think yeah. your first episode, I think was Kyle. No, uh, Miles no, Boulevard. Miles Boulevard. Okay. So which one was Kyle Lehman? Fourth. 
Fourth? Okay. First season, but yeah. Because that was one of my, that's like one of my favorite episodes right now because obviously oh, cool. he's a photographer and that's what I'm trying to do and all that too. And then obviously I listened to the most recent episode because yeah. I'm not going to not listen to, you know, yeah. that and then have you on and then just talk. Sure. So, yeah. But it is definitely cool to see another local person. Obviously you've been doing this a lot longer than I have. Sure. And you have like a whole business out of it and it's really cool and it's very inspirational to see you know, where you're at with it and then to know what's possible for me in the, in the long run. You know what I'm saying? Like if yeah, I, I, if I, I work, if I work my I ass that. off, then I can be like passion pot. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's cool to see, it's, it's yeah, cool to see somebody love something so much yeah. that they just don't, they don't give up on it and they just push. And now you're, you're, you've interviewed Chris Cruzy. I've seen you've interviewed, the dude from Thrasher, like you, you're, you're all over the place. Yeah, and it's just so cool to see somebody just so, not trying to be like corny yeah, or cliche, right. but passionate about something. Yeah, for and sure. it's just I don't know, man. That's all I'm trying to say is it's really cool that to see somebody do something, you know, that I'm doing, but on a bigger scale, and it gives me hope. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that's a lot of what I'm trying to do with the show is and. I, if you're, I try to interview people, I call it an inspirational storytelling experience. So I try to interview people that are pursuing careers based on their passions, but a really big goal with the show is to, to get the person to be relatable. Yeah. So that, cause a lot of times what we do is we look at these people that are successful in our eyes and whatever genre they're in and they seem untouchable. They seem yep. like they're, you're, they could do it because they're that person. I can't do it cause I'm not that person when you like break it down, you realize that we're all just people really, we are, we really are that you realize that most of these goals really are attainable. It's not impossible. And the biggest part of it really is just continuing. Everybody gives up. That's like pretty much what always happens. It's it's not like I started my podcast and it immediately was like crushing it. You know, I ended up interviewing some fairly well-known people relatively early on but it's that my numbers didn't go crazy after that. Yeah. It's not like sponsors started calling me saying like, Hey, we would love to be blah, blah. Like it doesn't, yeah. it really is a grind that you continue and you, you continue, you continue. And it's been, you know, four, almost four years now since I recorded the first one. And it's still something that I put a ton of work into to just to be able to get the things. Yep. You know? And I still think that I'm super early on in the journey of where I want to be. You know, because you're constantly, as you're growing, growing, you're looking at the other people that are like one tier above you or however you want to look at it. And they're within reach. So you got to work harder until you hit that yep. point, you know, and then the next thing's within reach, or, you know, or whatever. But the biggest part, biggest advice I can tell anybody is dive into what you're trying to do. Expect to be shitty, but keep doing it because oh, if yeah. you keep giving your all at whatever that thing is, you will see consistent improvement. Even if you think that you're not improving because the last several months haven't felt like anything, Look at where you are right now versus a year ago oh, on yeah. the journey of what you've been doing. You will see a huge amount of progress during that time frame, in which case just keep trucking along till the next year. And then you can look back and say, okay, yep. well, how far have I came? Right. But people don't put in the effort for significant amounts of time like that. It's really hard to be successful at something that everybody does for free as a hobby. Yeah. No, because it's way oversaturated, right? It very much is. So you have to set yourself apart from those people. Those people, I think the average podcast lasts seven episodes. Yep, that's the stat that I yeah. hit, and that's the stat that I, when I started my podcast, I was like, okay, I, I don't want to just quit on this, you know, because yeah. I'm branching off from this whole other guy and making my own show, and like once I hit episode seven, like I hit a little bit of a wall. It was like seven or eight, and I had a little bit of a break, and I'm like, 
it's happening. I'm not letting this happen to me. And then I just pumped out a bunch more episodes after that. Yeah. I mean, it's just staying on top of it. That all these people that you see that are successful, it's like you see this one thing that popped off for them. It's never, it's never because that one thing, like the amount of things and buildup that went to that point, they've been doing this forever. Nobody, everybody that I've ever talked to, they all have stories like that where they trudged along for a long period of time, maybe you saw them like being young and successful, but then they probably started really, really, really young to get yep. up to that point. It's never like an overnight type thing. You have to outwork everybody. If you outwork everybody, you'll naturally end up succeeding. It's yep. just a matter of time, but you have to be able to stay consistent and not very many people have the discipline no. to do that. Yeah. Not a lot. Not a lot of people get to see behind the curtain. They only see, right. you know, what happens, you know, people see Chris Johnson and, you know, they see this podcaster board shop mural painting shoe painting machine but they don't realize that you've been doing this since you were you know how old you've been skating since you were how old you've been making art since you were how old you know like right not a lot of people know like the old like what goes into it they just say oh he's doing this you know he's successful already like he's been successful the whole time that's right. not how it is yeah yeah absolutely not i mean you look at social media and it is just like the highlight reel of our lives so you yep. put whatever is like the best stuff out so people don't really see all the other things you know they see if i'm in like on thrasher right cool chris got on thrasher what do they think do they think thrasher hit me up because they found me and were like oh my god this is amazing we need to promote this no yeah i contacted their editor and said yo i'll drive all the way to texas if you'll do an interview with me and he said sure so i drove all the way to texas to do an interview with him and because I already had a relationship with Thrasher because I sell their merchandise in my store, I could contact my other contacts within Thrasher and say, hey, you guys, it would mean a lot to me if I could get this on Thrasher. Yeah. Because this interview, I think, is relevant. My show is at a point where I think it would be appropriate to be on. And I, you know, not that I could pull the favor because they don't owe me anything, but there is a reason that it ended up working. Yeah. You know, like I, I did lay groundwork for that to be able to happen. Yeah. Um, it wasn't, just, it just didn't happen overnight. Like the guy just didn't right. like hit you back and was like, yeah, let's do an interview. Like, yeah. Or like how many times I hear, I get ghosted or hear no people yep. see like all the people that I've interviewed. Like I would love for people to see how many DMS I've sent where people didn't respond. Oh yeah. Like, I'm right there with you, man. That's what I mean. It's you gotta, you gotta keep asking. You gotta keep pushing. I have sponsors for the show. I have gotten far more no's from people saying like, no, I don't want to pay for advertising on it. Like whatever. Like, yeah, it's, I have to send a lot of different messages before I find the businesses that are down. And I do think like for what I charge for people is very low considering how much promotion that I do for them. I yeah. genuinely oh, think absolutely. that I'm helping the businesses, but you, you only see the good. You don't see any of the hard work. You don't see any of the bad. Yep. And yeah, like you said, with social media too, it's just a highlight reel. Yeah. So I did want to dive into that a little bit. With like your commercials and your reels and all that, do you do all your editing yourself? Yeah, you do. Yeah, do you enjoy it? No, no. <laughs> Would you ever hire out for that? I have. Yeah, I've hired out in the past. Uh, Sergio Segala, he handled. Um, you know, Nalia, by chance, the R and B singer. No, no. Okay. Um, well, anyways, Nalia uh, and her brother are Nalia, but she's a singer, um, and she performs in Eau Claire and stuff. She's performed at the Pablo in different places. Uh, they're good friends of mine, but he does audio engineering for a lot of musicians. Um, and so he edited my show for, I don't remember how many seasons, three, four, okay, something like that. Um, but when I started doing video, um, it was just a matter of like, this is, it's just too, I'm, yeah, he was, I wasn't overpaying him or anything, yeah. you know, but it's just a matter of, I don't make that much from the show. 
and I'm really particular about things. So he did a great job, but it would save me a lot of money if I just did it myself. And if I'm trying to, now that I was doing video, if I'm trying to cut out all these reels, because that's what Instagram wants to push now and TikToks and whatever, yeah. I'm going to have to sit there and do this kind of regardless. I might as well just edit it at the same time. Yeah. You know, cause now there's a lot to it. Like I do, I have uh, snippets from my episodes on I-94 and on 95.9 as well as Converge. Converge has the full episode. Wow, that's awesome. It. Thank you. Um, and it's on all the streaming platforms, including like video on YouTube, but then you got to cut out things for YouTube shorts and you got to do the TikToks. And, and it's yeah. just, there's so many different parts of it that if I just delegated one part of the editing, it really wouldn't save me that much time. And I definitely can't afford to pay somebody to do the editing to the level that I currently do yeah. with everything that would cost an arm and a leg. And yeah. I want to be more hands-on with that. I don't, I don't want to be that, I mean, it's your show. You want to. Yeah. You want to be doing it. You want to be making it. Yeah, but no, editing is the part that sucks. It like does. It's, it, that's not the fun part. The interview itself is the fun part. Yeah, this right here, the, the meat and potatoes yeah. of it. This is yeah. this is where it's good. Yeah, like Sunreal, the artist I told you about that I'm a huge fan of. I interviewed him in St. Paul. We showed up at the um, venue at the same time. Walked in at the same time. It was like 3 p.m. I interviewed him in the green room, um, and then he just like asked if I wanted to kick it the rest of the day. So said, hell yeah, I want to kick it the rest of the day. That's so cool. Yeah, so I, I ended up also doing a short interview with his opener, which is this rapper, Soul, who I'm definitely a fan of now. Dude's dope. Went out in their tour van and recorded this short little thing. That's cool. Yeah, and then um, hung out with his whole, like, squad for the whole night. I didn't leave until, like, midnight. Wow. Yeah, it was tight the That's whole day. That's so cool. I, yeah, I never thought I would get to sp- – I even had him, like, after the show, like, give a shout-out to my kids and stuff. Like, he, I videoed him talking to my kids through my phone because my kids like one of his songs. So That's that cool. type of stuff is, like, that was what was fucking really cool and fun about what I do, not the editing of yep. the interview. You, you just like I mean? you just like going out and being out and meeting people, yeah, talking to them. Hopefully, once eventually, I can realistically afford an editor to handle yeah. everything that I need to do. And and I'm I'm getting better at delegating. You know, like I have an intern, I have like a, a sales manager kind of person, I have a PR agent person that I deal with. There's like yeah. there are other people that help with various things. I have employees at my store, and so I'm getting better at delegating. Yep. But it's all, it's a matter of everyone needs to get paid. I don't make that much money. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think people think that I make more money than I do. Oh yes. Yeah. I'm flying to this place. I'm exactly. Going to this place. Like it's you like, said, they only see the good and Yeah. I went to New York like and I interviewed in this fancy ass place, but I I didn't pay for my flight. I use my, my Delta Rewards miles because I buy my merch from my store, or whatever. A lot of times I don't pay for flights. So I flew to New York for free. I stayed in my sister's really, really nice loft for free, and she let me record for free all week. That's awesome. Yeah. So I didn't really spend that much money to do that. Yep. You know what I mean? But I think people think that. Yeah. They think you're, you're flying first class and you're. Yeah. Or have whatever. you ever, have you ever had to pay a guest? I've never paid a guest. Never paid a guest. No, which actually I thought at some point that would come up, but no, yeah. I've never had any, It's funny. Actually, I never had anyone ask me, I should say there's maybe two people in the hundred, however many people I've interviewed and even more that I've reached out to only like two people have ever asked for statistics. Oh really? Well, yeah. Otherwise like how people many people don't actually care? listen? They've never asked. They just base it on, Oh, who else have you interviewed? Yep. Oh, I respect that person. If they've done it, I'll do it. You know, which is really kind of wild that that's how that works, which realistically long-term download numbers only go up anyways. But 
people never ever ask me for that. And I have not one time ever had somebody say I would do it, but I got to get paid. Yeah. It's never happened. And it would be kind of a dick move if somebody did do that. But at the end yeah. of the day, you know, if, well, if you're using someone's, you know, name and likeness and they want to get paid for it because they know you're going to get gain out of it. Well, okay, let, let's look at it, though, from a business aspect. Are you hitting them up because you want to get gain from it? That's true. Too. A lot of the yep. times people are, right? A lot of people, yep, a lot All of the time, time people are. I've been on people's shows before that I don't think ever listen to my show. And if I'm available, I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever, I'll yep. do it. I, they, I, I think the only real motivating factor for them was, oh, he has some social media numbers that comparatively to my show are large. Yeah. In which case, I think I'm going to get a bunch of his listeners over to my show, which is unrealistic. That's yep. not going to happen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, but I think that's what their thought process is. So I'm not going to charge them money or anything. Yep. But I can see why the, the perspective would be, well – are you actually helping me or yep. am I helping you? And yep. in every business situation, it has to be mutually beneficial. Like it always has to be. Yep. Otherwise, there's no point in doing it and it's going to be bad blood and everything else. So if I reach out to somebody and they don't want to do it, it's because they think the the story and the promotion, everything that comes from my show isn't big enough for them or yep. isn't going to show what they want to be shown. Sometimes people are just private and don't want that you know stuff to come out or whatever. Yeah. So now on the flip side – how many people reach out and ask to be a guest all the time? Yeah. Right. Every single day. I they get, want that platform. Again. Yeah. It's constantly. Right. And I'm sure you get it too. Everybody. Hey, how do I get on? You know, how do I get on the show? How do I get on the show? And I, I would love to, like if I didn't spend 10 hours of my time between all the editing and recording and everything for each episode, I would yep. love to just do that. Cause I love talking to everybody. Um, so if I could record it and then give the file to them and say, hey, you guys do what you want with it. Like, yeah. Sure. Then I'll do it. But the amount of work that goes in and a lot of times then you have the people that are hitting you up that it's like, okay, so are you a fan of the show? Are you a fan of what I do? Is that why you're asking? Yeah. Or are you asking because you're trying to promote a product? You're trying to promote your music. You're trying yep. to promote whatever, which is fine. And I respect the hustle. But then I'm not doing it for free. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Why would I do that? You know. Yeah. Why would you sit in front of somebody that you know doesn't give a shit about you, and you know promote them for an hour? Yeah. When you know the whole point of your podcast, the whole point of having a podcast is to have those human connections and talk to yeah, people. Totally. And and you can have those with a lot of different people, right? And so I'm not I'm not trying to chase numbers when I interview people with larger social followings or whatever. Yep. It's not like that. But I will say. If somebody has a larger social following, typically it's because they have an interesting story. That's why people are following them. Yep. It's not 100% of the time, but usually that's the case. So when people go, oh, but this person has an interesting story. Okay, but if they have nobody that follows what they do currently, I'm not just talking Instagram. I'm talking about whatever. If yep. nobody currently follows the work that they do, then it it's probably not that inspiring, interesting, or good. Because people aren't paying attention to it already. Yeah. Right. So even if I were to do the interview and feature them, it's not going to like do that much for their career regardless. Yeah. You know? So yep. for me, it's like, I would love to do more and I try to do more local interviews, especially for like the radio and stuff, because I love being a part of Eau Claire. I'm on the, oh, parks, yeah. you know, I'm on the parks commission with the city. I'm very involved in a lot of things and I would love to keep lifting people up in the area as much as I possibly can. But I, I can't, if, if I have the opportunity to interview somebody locally that, you know, their audience, the people who pay attention to what they do already pay attention to what I do because I've already kind of in that same market. 
Or if I have the opportunity to interview somebody that's a bit more accomplished that has these stories from traveling all over the world, from working with all these different yeah. people out in New York City, and it's going to take me the same amount of work. So well, yeah, what are you going to pick? Yeah, so. and which one would be more interesting to you? Yep, like exactly. Just, if you ask yourself what's going to be more interesting, wouldn't you rather go to New York and interview somebody that just did a song with Megan Thee Stallion? Yep. Of course you would. Absolutely. It's really interesting. That's really cool. The local people around here... I want to sit and have a beer with you. Yep. That, but, you know, we have all the same experiences. It's not... It's, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, yeah, you can't... It's like selling ice to Eskimos, you know. It's it, it's uh, everything that you see, I see. Like, we're in the right. same area. So, to go and interview somebody that recorded a song with Megan the Stallion, like, that's really cool. Yeah, that's what's exciting. You know, for me, especially at this point in my career, anyways, that's what I've... That's what yep. I aim to do, not specifically musicians or whatever, but like I want to interview people that have been doing all these different crazy things. It's what's exciting and it's, it's what's motivating and inspiring for me, yep. you know, to see those people doing it. It's like, well, okay, cool. If they're doing things like this, then I can get Meg on. Awesome. Like, how's this work? Yeah. You know, not saying I'm going to get <laughs> Megan the Stallion on, but I have a connect now to her. But if you did, that would be so cool. Dude, I really want to get Lizzo on. I really want to get that Megan the Stallion cool. on, but yeah. Probably not anytime super soon, but um, have you heard of Reverb Fest? Yes. Yeah. So Reverb Fest hit me up, or I hit them up and they hit me back or something. I don't know. But I had a, a two-hour-long meeting with their organizer um, a couple weeks back, and it sounds like I'm going to be super involved. That's awesome. Yeah. So um already doing some advertising and stuff with them, but the plan is for me to do a bunch of the interviews with you know headliners and stuff when they come. That's so, super cool. Who knows? You know, I'm not sure exactly what a lineup or whatever, but I may be interviewing, you know, all time low or, you know, Mayday Parade, any That'd of those people cool. when they come to town, which is what I want to like long term. I would like to position myself to do that. I don't plan on leaving the area and yeah. we don't have any like really significant interviewer personality in the Midwest. Yeah. I'm talking like Chicago, Milwaukee, yeah, we Minneapolis. Don't. There's nobody. Yeah. Yeah, they they all live in L.A. or New York or Rogan in Texas, but there's nobody that's on anywhere near that tier. I want to be that person on that tier that kind of holds it down for this whole area of the country. And people come here all the time. The same people that hop on Jimmy Kimmel or whatever else, like they come through Minneapolis yep. or Milwaukee or Chicago. I want to be the one to interview them when they come through. Yep. I think I got a great perspective on it. I think it would be dope and there's no reason why we shouldn't. So I'm trying to partner more with like the university. I'm going to be doing some stuff when Dessa comes to town to perform. Uh, I'm going to interview her when she's here. And like I said, when, when these performers come for these music festivals, yep. I did some stuff with blue ox last year. I would like to do more of that as these people are coming through. They're in our zone. I want to talk to them about it, yep. you know, and, and be that person. That's, that's the other part of like, this is where I want my career of this, section like of, of podcasting interviewing that's where i want to take it yeah from where it is currently oh absolutely i understand yeah no that's that's cool all right it is what time is it i gotta see what time it is sorry <laughs> almost nine o'clock so because i i like to keep my hours or my podcast you know between 45 minutes to an hour sure. so um before we wrap up here i want to know gear i'm a big gearhead i like gear a lot sure what gear what gear do you use to record your podcast Dude. and you I before we do that, I do want to talk about you traveling. Sure. Where was the craziest place you've probably traveled to to do an interview? Like to do an interview? Um, couple of them. One, my favorite 
artist, like painter of all time, the guy who inspired me to paint, his name's Luca Buffo. He's a yep. French artist. Um, got a hold of him, bought a painting off him, and we talked on Instagram, or whatever. Uh, and we're trying to line up a time when he was because he's he lives in France. When can I get this interview? Because he said he would do it. Um, and anytime he was going to LA, it was not in the general time frame that I was going to go. So I couldn't even move my schedule around. Yeah. But he was, uh, hired to paint skate park of Tampa. So Tampa pro is like a huge event. And so is Tampa am. If you've ever like Tony Hawk underground, that game, yeah. one of the big events and things in the game was going to skate Tampa am. So anyways, um, he was the artist to paint all the ramps. So he was going in June, uh, to paint everything for Tampa pro. And I told him I can't make it. And he's like, well, I'm going to go back in November for Tampa Am to paint the ramps. And I was like, dope, dude. I'll be there. Yeah. So I flew all the way to Tampa, talked to him the day before. And he's like, yep, I'll see you tomorrow. Like, getting on my plane. I, sh- I fly to Tampa. I get to the skate park with all my stuff. And I'm like, yo, where's, you know, where's Luca? And they're like, oh, he's not coming. Oh. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's not coming. And they're like, he's, his visa got denied at customs. He can't make it. We have to cancel the art show. Cause he had a whole bunch of th- things lined up. Wow. And then all had to be canceled. So yeah, I flew all the way to Florida for one interview, which I've never flown somewhere for one interview. And I did. And it fell through. That sucks. I was so bummed dude. But what worked out from it was, um, I saw, I saw Willie Santos there. He just happened to have been yeah. there cause he owns a company and, um, some of his riders were going to be skating. Tampa I did Am. listen to that episode with Willie Santos. It's one of your first episodes, right? It no, hurts. that was recently Willie yeah. Santos. Maybe I did. No, maybe I did listen to that. Maybe I did listen to sure. a few recent ones. And yeah. then I, I was like, I think that's what I do. I listen to recent ones. If I like it, I go back. Oh, cool. That's yeah. where I started listening to the ones with like sure. Kyle and all that stuff. Yeah. Too, so. Yeah. But so I ended up spotting Willie and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Willie Santos. I think so. And so I looked him up on Instagram to be like, what does he look like nowadays? Cause I haven't seen this dude since a video 10 years ago. And I'm like, yep, yep. That's totally Willie Santos. So I DM'd him and I was like, yo, sob story last second. I flew all the way here to interview Luca and he can't make it cause his visa got denied. These are other people I've interviewed. I've had other pro skateboarders on what's the chances that you'll give me 45 minutes so we can do an episode. I have all my stuff with me and he didn't respond. And I was like, ah, fuck. Okay. So I hung around and I hung around. And then when he naturally was kind of like walking past me, I was like, yo, Willie. And he was like, yeah, it's like, I sent you a DM. I don't know if you saw it, but I do this podcast and whatever, 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 not trying to guilt you, but I flew all the way here for an interview that just fell through. Yeah. So I have all my recording equipment here with me right now. Like you would be a perfect guest. Any chance you would be down. And he was like, yeah, sure. That's awesome. I was like, hell yeah, dude. So I ended up interviewing, which was a really, really cool interview. Um, and then, cause he wrote, he was pro for birdhouse for 25 years, yep. like the, from the beginning of birdhouse. So he's great friends with Tony, uh, Tony Hawk. And so I, a couple of the reels that I posted where he referenced Tony, I saw that Tony Hawk liked him. And I'm never like a, like, I don't geek out over Instagram likes and stuff, but seeing that pop up was like a yup screenshot. I'm stoked. It's fucking Tony Hawk. Yeah, Tony Hawk. And he manages his Instagram. I know he does. Tony Hawk. So I'm like, Tony Hawk now knows who I am. Um, But no, the other one would be out in LA. I interviewed in the same day, uh, Lamorne Morris. Well, first I interviewed Scott Lips, who owns Lips LA, which is a talent agency that represents David Guetta and Lizzo and Doja Cat and a, cool, yeah. a whole bunch of these people. He's also the drummer for the band Hole, which is Courtney Love's band, if you know that band. Okay. Um, he's awesome. 
that interview kind of just like fell into my lap too. Basically it was during the pandemic where he had nothing going on. And I knew somebody, Max Meneker, he's this photographer, um, who knew him and he, a different interview that I had lined up for that day fell through. Cause that happens out in LA a lot. Yeah. Um, where I was like, well now I have the afternoon off and he goes, well, this is a shot in the dark. I'll send, I'll send a message to Scott. And then he linked me up with that via email. I sent an email to Scott like, Hey, what's the chances you would do? Blah, 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 blah. Um, and he's like, yeah, meet me down at this place in Hollywood at four 30. It's like, okay, cool. And so I brought my recording equipment down, not even knowing if he was going to give me an interview or if I was just going to like meet with him to ask him some advice on stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I got an Uber down to downtown Hollywood and we went to this place called the new house, which is like a members only type thing. And we went up onto the roof. So I was on the roof, uh, rooftop of this building, um, in downtown Hollywood interviewing this dude. And like, the, that's wild. Dude, the first interview he did for his show was with, um, what's the man? Why can't I think of his name? Um, the, the dude from American idol, uh, the black glasses looks like Samuel L. Jackson. What's his name? Uh, Randy, Randy Jackson. Randy Jackson. Yep. I was going to say Richie Jackson, which is a pro skateboarder. Randy Jackson um, was his first guest. They're like good buddies, and he lives in the same apartment building. That's so cool. Yeah. So I interviewed Scott, which was dope. He's We still talk. He's such a cool dude. Um, and straight from there, I got picked up and driven to Lamore Morris's house, that dude from New Girl. And oh, did, wow. Yeah, same day, like an hour later, straight, like from that interview, got picked up outside that building, drove straight to Lamorne's house, and then interviewed him. And those were the last two interviews I did on that trip. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, that That's one cool. thing I admire about your show is that you travel a lot. You do travel. You do, you know, stick your neck out there, and then you, you go and hunt down the interview, you know, instead of waiting yeah. for people to be, you know, mostly in the area and say, hey, like me, like I do it all in-house. I do it all from this table right here in my basement. Right. You don't do that. And I think that's super cool. Like when you're listening to an episode that you did outside and you can hear stuff in the background and stuff like that. Yeah. I think that's so cool, man. I appreciate that. I think that I, I enjoy that aspect of it too. Cause I've had people say, Oh, you know, isn't it going to be whatever? I'm like, I think it adds to the ambiance and the whole story it of it, you know, and it would be more convenient. And I do interviews at my house. If people happen to be in the area, Yeah, like I'll do them at my house. Cause I have a, a nice little setup. It works great. Um, but Man, I've done every single interview in person. I don't think I would enjoy it if I didn't, if yeah. I had to do them virtually. Because there's been some big name people that have said they would do it, but only if I did it digitally. Like virtually. Yeah. And I don't, I just, I said. It, it would no. take away from the human connection because you're staring yeah. at a screen talking to somebody. Yeah. And then I got still 10 hours of editing of like something I didn't even really genuinely enjoy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to yeah. do that. But it's, it's not probably the like best financial decision to drive to Texas to yeah. interview Michael Sieben. But you know, it's for me, it's an experience and that's part of why I enjoy it in the first but place. Because you did it. You're on the front cover of Thrasher now. So well, yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty dope. Really, really <laughs> yeah, dope. dude. Yeah, that's super awesome about that. Um, so gear, I do. Yeah. I'm not a gearhead. I listened no? to Bo's episode and I listened to, um, trends episode and you okay. guys were talking. talking you, oh, gear. you know, trend. Yeah, I didn't know. You, yeah, I didn't know you. Knew yeah, I painted that. a board for his uh, for his house. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I did a, a one off commission art. This is picture right there. He brought that for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I heard about cool. that on the. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's rad. Um, heard you guys talking about that, and I'm like, dude, I don't. I'm not a gearhead at all. So I use. I have to be on the go, which makes it a little bit more limited. Yeah, you know, because you got to bring everything. When I'm at home, I have lighting and all that other stuff, and and I have boom arms like this and whatever. Um, but or mic mic arms, whatever. 
Um, but I don't typically use them. I usually use just little table stands for my mics. I use uh, SM7Bs, yep. which are kind of like the standard the, for most professional the God, podcasts. The God-tier microphones for podcasts. Yeah. Much. I mean, they're not that expensive, but they're... I think they're like 400 each, which yeah, is this what it is. Yeah, yeah. They're not like crazy. Um, but I use those and I, I bought those, I think when I started my third season, maybe. Okay. You know, if you listen to the beginning, I always tell people when they're like, Oh yeah, I'll go back to the beginning. I'm like, dude, I mean, miles Boulevard is dope. Don't get me wrong. Kyle's dope, but the quality of the show has gotten better over time. Oh yeah. I know what absolutely. I'm doing better. I have better equipment. Yeah. But, but anyway, so yeah, I use SM seven B's. Um, I just have a MacBook Pro that I bought after I don't know how many seasons in where I was like, I really need a little bit more powerful um, yep. MacBook. So got a MacBook Pro. I record in Logic Pro, um, to edit in Logic Pro. Sometimes I'll do some, you know, later editing in Audacity if I'm just doing something small or whatever for a commercial. Yep. Um, and I have a Scarlet I2I interface. Okay. And I think, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Well, I guess I use headphones and stuff too. I don't remember... I forget what brand of headphones they are, but they're like an over the ear, just like these. Yeah. Yeah. I did have a Scarlet I2I before I had the Rodecaster. Oh, cool. But then I was like, this solves like all my problems instead of having to hook my, you know, I2I to my MacBook and then have to do this, make sure both channels are recording all that. I was just like, they make literally exactly what I need. So I got the Roadcaster. Yeah, the Roadcaster is dope. Sick. But again, like it's a little harder to just like throw in a backpack. It is, you know, it is. and there's times where I'm walking around like, you know, I have everything I need in my backpack to be able yep. to go to this location for this thing. So I, I just need to be a little bit more portable. Yep. Um, same reason that I only bring the tiny little, you know, table mic stands. Like yep. I have stand up stands and all that stuff, too. But it's just it's not it's, practical, yeah, yeah, it's you not know, practical. when you're traveling and interviewing on the go. So, right. Which me, I don't do that. I I mean, I'm not opposed to it. Like if yeah. somebody well, would just limit what you can do. Yeah. Because I mean, how many people are going to drive to Colfax? Exactly. You know, you it know? just it limits the number of people that are available to you yep. because of that reason. So yep. not that I mean, it's obviously a comfort and it's awesome to be able to do it in one location. Like people like Joe Rogan can do it. Yeah, you know, but then he's Joe Rogan. But so. Yeah, he's also the number one podcast. Yeah, exactly. In Versus, the world, so I could not get the guests that I have if I was telling them to come to Eau Claire. Yeah, like they're not going to do it. The, the vast majority of them are just not going to do they're it because they've like, never even been to Eau Claire. Eau Claire, where is that? You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it just limits that. Um, the camera I use, man, I can't remember. It's uh, a Lumix G something eighty five. I. I can't honestly I don't know. I interviewed this dude Miles Hass. He um <laughs> he owns the largest male strip show in the world. Nice. <laughs> which Magic Mike ripped their name off of. It's called Magic Men Live. It's oh. bigger than Tropic Thunder or whatever or Tropic from whatever that stupid the, thing. The Thunder Down Thunder Under or whatever. Yeah, it is. it's it's bigger than that. It's the biggest one. Wow. Um Anyways, I was staying with him in, in, in uh, this penthouse in Hollywood. That sounds so bougie. I was sleeping on an air mattress <laughs> in one of the extra rooms. It wasn't that bougie. But anyways, I was staying in the penthouse with him all week. Um, and before I left, because we ended up getting along really well, I was hanging out with him, um, we, did, we did a little interview. And his show, which I haven't seen him do anything with now, which is crazy because his show was huge. He was crushing it with it. It was called... Um, the stripped down podcast. And it was like a comedic dating advice podcast from the point of view of male strippers. That's that'd be fun to listen to. It's really funny. They did really well in their social media. Like they were cutting all the snippets for clips and stuff and doing super well on TikTok and all these other platforms or whatever. Um, But I, I legitimately just texted miles and said, 
yo, I give in, I'll do video because he was pushing hard for me to do video. And I was like, yep. dude, it's just so much work editing already. It is. I was like, I'll do it. I'll do video. What, what camera do you use? And so he sent me, this is the lens I use. This is the camera I use. This is the tripod I use. And I was like, all right, dope. Spent. I don't know. It was like, I think with everything, 1200 bucks or something. Oh, it's not bad. You not know, crazy. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, if I use, it would be nice if I used it for anything other than my show. Yeah. I just don't enjoy personally like taking photos and stuff no no so much fun man yeah i took a photo class in college and it was like it was cool um but i think art is just where it is for me not that photography isn't art but the type of art that i different you have a different medium you know yeah something tactile painting sculpting like i like to get your hands on stuff yeah that's where i want to spend my time more so than the photos but yeah that's i that's what i use and it, it works pretty good i mean it's not the best thing that's ever happened in the world as far as video quality, but it turns out pretty all right. The big thing is figuring out how to avoid all the mistakes, you know, which happen and it sucks when it happens, when you have to send a message to a guest and say, ah, yeah, the whole thing's blurry. I don't don't know. You know, it auto focused a quarter of the way through this interview. I'm so sorry. There's nothing I can do about it. If there was, I've already tried everything. It is what it is. Or sending them, Hey, this episode's gone. Like it, it didn't, I, it didn't save because of whatever, you know, or do the audio, like your, one of our mics stopped working. I've had that. I've had that happen before. I've had, I was all set up. We had a great episode. I could hear him just as well as I hear your voice. Now this is before I had the roadcaster. This is a big reason why I got the roadcaster because I was having a hard time figuring out the two I two and the MacBook and all that. And we had a really good podcast. Like it was like two hours or two and a half hours. Like, and it was just flowing and it was like, it was just cool. Just two dudes hanging out. And then I go back and listen to it and you can hear my voice. And then you hear him just in the background. I'm like, Oh man. And then I like looked back at it and only had one track recording and I didn't arm the other microphone. I'm just like, damn it. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. I mean, you slowly figure out tricks of how to avoid these things, you know, like, with my camera getting out of focus, learn that you should always have it in manual and then focus it in on the guest and then don't touch the thing. Yep. Leave it alone. Never touch it after that point. Cause it you're going to be at the same depth right. as then. It is so. focused now and it will stay in focus. If you don't touch it, I, me not being from like understanding cameras that well assumed autofocus would make more sense. It'll do it on its own when I can't touch the camera. Nope. as a horrible idea. And I, I, would have problems with like, why is this not working in this way? Or I have too much on my laptop currently that I, this can't save because there's too much Ram being used or whatever. So it it can't save. Well, even if I delete other things in the meantime, it still can't save. It's just gone now. So I have to make sure that I have my laptop kind of restarted and not that much on it. So I have pretty much everything on my hard drives instead specifically to keep that wide open or, you know, how long is this memory card going to last for the video if this ends up going longer than however long oh yeah so no, yeah that's always gotta, a scare too yeah you gotta buy way bigger and more expensive memory cars than what you would normally get yep. for them because you're not doing small little things you're doing an hour and a half yeah or longer sometimes that you need that thing to not die on yep right so upload those files to youtube takes a long time dude, too <laughs> yeah that's crazy. the crazy only, only reason i would consider buying like a uh imac you know, one of the $4,000 editing yep. machines. Yeah. It really like you hit export and we're six hours for YouTube. I always let it do it overnight because yeah. there's no point I, during the day. It ta- it'll take all day and it'll say three hours, but it'll be nine hours later. Yep. And that is going to be when you have to go somewhere and you're going to lose Wi-Fi. 
and then it'll have to restart again. Yep. So I always have to do them overnight. Yeah, it's that's what I do when I make like a YouTube video or something. I just I I yeah. hit you know upload, and then I just let it sit overnight, and I come back in the morning. And yeah, it's well, all what's done. crazy though is people's expectations are so unrealistic these days because the things that they see are things like Joe Rogan or you know with small businesses as this as an example, they see amazon what they can order and how fast they can get it and how this whole catalog is online yeah you know they're like oh well why don't you have 4k with three angles it's like, well each one of those cameras costs x amount and then you need a tripod for that camera and then you need you know whatever like the amount of money that would go into just those in the first place yeah then do you have a computer that can handle four cameras or three cameras that are all in 4k and then what is the export time going to look like exactly. when you're trying to do something like that? It's going to be insane. And then when you try to upload it to YouTube, is yeah, it too big yep. of a file that YouTube will even let you do it without upgrading to a higher position or what? Like there's so much to it and people need to understand that like smaller, smaller creators, if there isn't significant money coming through their bank account, which almost always there isn't, the expectations have to be a little bit different than yep. what they are for somebody that has a production team and serious money. Oh yeah. It. You know what I mean? And there's benefits to like smaller things for sure. Such as like if you, as an example, if you um, subscribe to my Patreon, you know, $5 a month, you can send me a message with a question for a guest. I will shout you out of my show. Say, thanks, Dan from whoever. Like, yeah. I, I will do that for you versus Rogan's I do that. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, there's, or or like social media too. Like I all, pretty much respond to every DM unless it's like complete bullshit. But yeah. I pretty much always We want you do. to promote this pet collar or yeah, some yeah, stupid yeah. shit like but that. But like any actual question or whatever, like if somebody messaged me, yeah. I've, oh, I will say I pretty much always respond, you know, because I think that's important. I'll take the time to do that. But if I was Joe Rogan, I wouldn't have time to respond and wouldn't care to respond. Yeah, no, you know. I mean, if you're Joe Rogan, you're going to interview people like the people he interviews, you know, like, Famous people. Let me ask you this question. Do you think Joe Rogan is that good of an interviewer? I think he's good at talking to people. So as as far as interview goes, because most of the time he ends up yeah. just talking about the same thing with right. different people. Yeah. So, and I, one, you know, when you start doing something like YouTube or podcast, you kind of tend to mimic people that you like. Yeah. Like you, you see what works and you try to mimic that a little bit until you find your own style. Sure. And so... When I first started podcasting, I was listening to Joe Rogan religiously every single day, every single episode. I did that for like a month and a half straight. And then I'm just like, this is taking three hours of my time every day. I'm not really learning anything. And now I just listen when the guest is cool because then it's like, it's so spaced out in between guests that I like that. It's like, oh yeah, this isn't actually that bad. The the content's actually pretty good. And I like this person. So that I, I don't go to Joe Rogan anymore for Joe Rogan. I go for the guest. Yeah. But as far as being a good interviewer, I really don't think so. I, think I don't think so either, dude. I, I think really he's just don't. A, he's just a shithead kid in his 50s that just likes hanging out and smoking weed yeah, and there's talking no, there, to people. There's no direction to anything that he talks about. No. He, he talks about his own. I, I'm not a fan. I'm just, I don't hate him, but I'm just not. I don't. Be, if you have somebody like Kanye West on your show, how is it not going to be interesting? It yeah. doesn't matter what you ask that dude. He's crazy and he's yeah. he's interesting to listen to to listen to him talk. Yeah. Right? Or if you had you know, what's that dude? Eric Snowden? My yeah, his first Eric. name Eric. Yeah. So Edward Snowden. Edward. Yeah, like having Edward Snowden on. Like obviously it's gonna be crazy interesting. Yeah. That dude will just talk and you don't even have to speak. Yep. You know, when I when I interviewed Scott uh Scott Lips and he was talking about um Reggie Jackson. He said Reggie Jackson, is that his name? 
Uh, oh, the American. Um, yeah. I've forgotten. Randy, Randy Jackson. Jackson. Randy Jackson. Reggie Jackson is the Revan. Okay, anyways. Um, Randy Jackson. Scott told me, like, yeah, dude, Randy's just a great talker. I hardly had to say anything the entire time. And it was a great episode. That's awesome. I'm yeah. like, man, if I was Joe Rogan, I could have anybody on. I mean, if you listen to, like, the Aaron Rodgers one, too. You know, yep. Rodgers yeah. will just talk the whole time. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. And I mean, some of the best talkers are the best listeners, too. So I think it's a combination. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got yeah, you got to be able to talk and listen. You can't just be one-sided or just sit there and listen yeah. the whole time because then the other person is just like, oh, I'm talking so much, you know, and all that. And podcasting is the way Joe Rogan explains it is actually very good. It's it's like a dance, you know. You got to find the flow and all this. You can't be choppy. And I mean, once you get that flow down, then next thing you know, you're recording an hour and ten minutes, and yeah. it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, so. yeah, totally. But I mean, it just and, and the other thing is you can't you can't please everybody. So regardless of how yeah. you choose to have your interview style, what you're doing is talk content. So most people don't want to listen to you talk. Yep. Right. And you don't want most of the people in the entire world to listen to you talk. You just want a certain number of people to, you know, listen to you and primarily the guest talk. So like as, as an example, like being on Thrasher, right. I had a, a comment on the YouTube video. I woke up to it this morning was just some random internet troll that basically said something yeah. like, you know, Siemens, a legend is the best. The interviewer is a piece of shit. Like for why you keep interjecting, nobody gives a shit about you. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, I'm just going to delete your comment. But like the fact of the matter is most of the people listening to this episode are listening to it because I brought them there because it's yep. my show. Yep. Steven is a really awesome dude and has reshared some of the stuff, but it's not like a ton of his fan base jumped over to listen. Yeah. Like there's no. some, but there's most, some. most of the people listening are people from the audience from my show because they like how I've done my show. So I, just because you think that I should just shut up does not mean that all of a sudden I'm going to stop talking, yep. you know, and if I didn't talk, then what kind of a conversation would it be? Exactly. Guests but don't like that. It anyways. wouldn't be an interview. It would just be them talk, the interviewee yeah. talking for an hour. Yeah. Well, and they, they don't like that, right? Like boring. the guest, you have to, it depends on the guest, but sometimes you really have to, I mean, you know this, yep. you have somebody that's really nervous or uncomfortable. They haven't talked and like they haven't spoke publicly really, because this is a form of public speaking. Yeah you have to kind of like ease them into it. You have to ask questions oh, yeah. you know that they can talk about and point them in direct. Like there's a whole thing to it. If you just kind of like ask them really short questions and stop talking, you know, yeah. like if you've ever been interviewed by people for the TV or whatever, yeah. that's what they do. They'll ask something and then just stop and stare at you and wait and for you they're to like, respond. And right. You're going to hate the experience as a guest. You're not going to like it. You're going to be like, yeah. no, I'm not doing this. And if you want to get more guests for your show, almost always they're going to have to come from the guests that you previously interviewed. That's where all your connections are going to come from. Oh yeah, no, I've I learned that. You know, it's. I think I got probably. I think Bo is where I started branching out more because then from Bo I found you know Trinity and then I found you and then yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, exactly. It's so a big I, snowball. If you just didn't talk at all, if you didn't have any actual conversation, you know, you might appease this one random person on yep. YouTube, and that person you probably can't appease anyways because there's just some internet troll, but. Like you might appease them, but now you're disappointing everybody else. Yeah. So and you're taking away from yourself. Like yeah. if you try to just please one person, you know, or please a group of people, then you're not being authentic. And that's yeah. one. I'm sure you want to do that with your show too. You want to be authentic. Of course. And how do you, you know, what did you, what were you doing up until this point that was building? Not that you need to be stubborn and never change anything, but yeah. like what has worked in the past? 
So continue to build upon that. Yep. And a lot of what I do, I tell people this with artwork too. It's not just about the artwork. It's about who did the artwork, right? And it's not just about the show. It's about who does the show, who does this brand. Yep. People care a lot about that because they care about this individual person, which is why when people talk about influencers, of course, you hear that word and you think of like these Instagram models that yep. are, you you have a bad bad idea in your head, a really kind of like a, uh, you know, thought yeah. when you hear influencer, but really it's all about personal branding and it, it, it's not always like a business thing. It's like, I try to be pretty open through my social media. I've talked about my struggles with my divorce when I was going through that and just different yep. things like fairly openly on the internet. And a, a lot of people, you know, it's uncomfortable to do that, but I think it's important, you know, for people's oh, yeah. mental health and stuff, but you have those types of conversations and you, and you speak openly like that and you live a relatively public life in that kind of a way. People care about you specifically and you care about them as well. You know, ideally I definitely yep. do. Um, but a lot of people then follow everything else you do because they like you. So if I stop podcasting and I start doing something else, a lot of the people that listen to my show gonna, would follow me wherever I'm going. They're going to do that no matter. Yeah, they're going right. to follow you over there. and Because they see value in who I am as a person, yeah. right? And so that is also super important and being true to yourself and all that type of stuff. But, like, you got to remember the people are listening because they like you. Yep. You know? Yep. So they don't want you to be something else. They don't want you to try to be the next Joe Rogan or whatever. They like exactly who you are. So they like how you're doing to, it, yeah. Yeah, continue to try to grow in the direction that you are as a human. Absolutely. But like, you have to stay you if you start trying to go different ways. And the other thing is too, you know, you look at like social media and different things pop up that are successful trends and all that. If you go viral on a random trend, but none of your content is about that. That's not your actual story. That was a yeah. random like snippet that didn't really have anything to do with anything that happened to work for that trend. Even if you, even if you got a lot of eyes on you and some random people jumped over and started listening to your show they would really quickly drop off because they'd realize this isn't what I like anyways, because this isn't we're not, I'm not supposed to be the audience of this yep. because this caught my attention for the wrong reasons in the first place. You yep. know what I mean? You just have to stay on the grind of exactly what you're doing and the right people will find it. If you continue yep. to do it consistency and quality and yeah. staying true to who you are. Yeah. So, well, you listened to the episode with trend. You listened to the episode with Bo. Can I ask you what you thought of it? You guys talked uh, the, um, equipment more than I, yeah, <laughs> for me, it was too much cause I can't, I couldn't visually see it. Yeah. So that would be my only critique is if you're talking about something off mic or on mic and you don't have video, it's hard to explain it, hard to explain it. So for the sake of the listener, you know, maybe shorten that segment up just because okay. they can't see a visual of what it is, Yeah, you know, for reference or um, start doing video, start doing video. Like I, I was genuinely be really interested in Bo talking about all of his different equipment. If I could see what these things yeah. look like when you're talking about like the minis and you're talking about, I don't know what all these things are, right? Yeah. All the different types of drones. I wanted to see them. You're like talking about, yeah, when you open it up, it's heavy and it's big. And I'm like, I want to see what it like. And we can only, yeah, we can only describe it it so much. Yeah. So so that would be my suggestion is if you're talking about something that has to be visual, if you don't have visual, try to not spend a ton of time talking about that. Um, But otherwise I thought it was really good, man. I mean, obviously like the quality, like the audio quality and everything is great. Thank you. Um, It's cool that you have a very diverse group of people that have been on the show. At least that's what it seems like to me. And it's awesome that you're bringing people on like Bo and Trent who haven't exactly done a ton of interviews, you know, but they're doing really cool shit. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? They're doing awesome shit. Yeah, like, they got awesome shit to talk about. Yeah. They definitely do, but they haven't had a platform to speak on it. So it's cool that you're giving them that first platform. And it is genuinely interesting because yeah. it's not, you know, one thing that you run into is if I interview somebody, they've probably been interviewed a bunch of other times. How do you get new information? Yep. No, I get, you know, that. I why, get that. Why does somebody want to listen to another interview from this person? There's got, yeah. it's, you know, but if it's somebody brand new, the entire story is going to be brand new, yep. which is super interesting in itself. You know, and then if, if listeners believe that they're going to like every guest that you have on because they like all these past episodes, they don't care what the name is when the episode comes out because yeah, they no. assume based on your judgment that it's going to be awesome. They just come for the story. And right. Exactly. Stories, everything video, whether yeah. you're making podcasts or you're making videos or you're taking pictures, yeah. people just like a good story mm-hmm. and that's what people get hooked on. So. Yeah, I agree completely. No, it's a dope show, dude. I hope you keep doing Thank it. You. Like I said, you got to appreciate it. Just not back off from it. There's going to be times where it's like, man, I got to get this done. Yep. Ugh, I, you know? I have episodes that I recorded in February that I still yep. have to upload because I'm just, I don't want to say I'm being lazy. I just, you got life, man. I got life. Yeah. I and if you're life. not making money on it, you're not financially dependent on it. It's not your career. It's like, it's real easy when it's nice out to go, eh, well, I could take the family to the park today. Yep. I'm going to go do that. Or, well, I could go do, you know, it's hard to like really prioritize yeah. it. Um, but yeah, you just gotta, just gotta stay on it. Just and I, I would suggest doing some kind of consistency in some kind of way, whether it's seasons or if you space it where it's like every other week, you know, it's coming. Yeah. You know, rather than sporadic. Yeah. Every um, week was hard. I did. There was a good stretch yeah. last summer. I think I did like 10 or 11 episodes and it was like, I was doing like two or three podcasts a week. Like I yep. burnt myself out a little bit and then I took a big break from it and then I came back and that first one back's always hard. Well, and it's hard to keep listeners to want to stay along. Yeah. You know, because they found a different show in the meantime. Yeah. It's like when it, you come back now, they're yeah. like, you got to get them to c- consistently. So and, and I have that with seasons of my show, but that's why I do it the way that I do it. So I would suggest doing not necessarily, excuse me, not necessarily seasons, but some, More some of kind schedule. of consistent thing where people know what to expect of when something is going to be coming. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're going to wrap up here because you're probably, you know, dead tired. It's 930 almost. Yeah, so. I do actually go to sleep at like 930 now. It's yeah. ridiculous, but. Getting old, man. 33. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming and hanging out in my basement for an hour with me. It yeah. means it means a lot to have somebody that's doing what I'm doing on a bigger scale sitting in front of me. Like it's like it's like a little kid gets to meet, you know, their idol, which oh, which is kind of cool because like I, I, I haven't been following you that long, I'll be honest. You know, I've yeah, sure. I've only known about you for probably I'd say the last six, seven months. Sure. But six, seven months ago, I would have been like, There's no way that this guy's gonna come on my podcast. Like he's interviewing this person and this person. There's no way he's gonna drive to Colfax. Look at where you're at. Well, flattering. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I appreciate you caring about my story enough to think that it's worth putting on air and putting your time and energy into it, because it is a lot of work. You know, and you could be interviewing other people. Yeah. So I, I do appreciate it. This is this is fun. Thank you. Uh, go to Spotify and or YouTube or where where do you want? Where do you direct people? Do you direct more towards Spotify or more towards YouTube Every, or you, everywhere? You're just like you just want people to listen to your show. Yeah, and I, Instagram's the best way to just follow along with everything that's going on, especially because yep. I do more than just my show with artwork and everything else oh, yeah. that I'm doing. You know, stuff with music festivals, whatever. So Instagram is just Passion Pod, just at Passion Pod. 
Um, if you look up Passion Pod anywhere, if you Google it, you'll see articles I mean, from. A bunch you're of on people. Thrasher now, so yeah. it's not going to be hard for people to find you. Yeah, so. yeah, it's everywhere. I would like to build more of a YouTube audience for sure. Okay. So go check it out on YouTube, and you sub- you can subscribe there. Most of my downloads come from like Apple Podcasts still at this point. But yeah. Wherever you know, maybe you want, maybe you just prefer the audio. That I spend a lot of time editing, so the audio version of my show is a little bit shorter and much cleaner. Yep. Because the video version, I only do the one camera angle, so you can't really chop it up. You can't yep. really get rid of all these little ums and spaces and whatever. So maybe you just prefer the audio clean version, in which case, like, listen to it on Spotify or listen to it on Stitcher or Acast. I don't like whatever. Wherever. Just yeah. listen to Passion Pod. Yeah. All right, everybody. Go listen to season 11 as it comes out. And I hope you all have a good day. Peace.